This is the Raptors Room, a show entirely dedicated to your 2019 champion Toronto Raptors. I'm your host, Joshua Howe, and as always, we'll be discussing the latest and greatest in the realm of Raptors basketball, from Scotty Barnes vibes to Pascal Siakam spins. Uh, going solo again this week, going to have a conversation on a couple different things, touch on some things I'm um, interested in, a couple talking points that I know have been going around uh, throughout sort of the Raptors Twitter sphere and uh, yeah that's kind of where we're going to start there and just go over a couple of things and look forward to the to the week ahead and the, and the games um, over the past little bit here so I'm not going to beat around the bush any longer and we'll just start off with uh, the main thing that I wanted to talk about today which is Fred Van Vliet and his all-star case so obviously Fred Van Vliet has been a monster for the Toronto Raptors this season he's deserving of an all-star spot I think that's pretty clear Um, he may not get in still because of the Raptors record largely um, and it's also, you know, it's the All-Star game. There's a lot of guys vying for those spots. A lot of conversation has been had about Van Vliet and uh, Darius Garland. Which of those two guys, you know, would you pick if you had to pick between them? Uh, obviously, Garland's having a fantastic season as well, um, playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have a much better record than the Raptors right now. Um, you know, so he's in a good position to make the all-star game potentially his first all-star game if he does and uh, if he does make it you know good for him that's um something to be uh, proud of and obviously uh he will have earned it if he if he does make it as for van vliet you know he's got um a pretty good individual case right obviously the wins aren't there so much for his team for the raptors as much as you'd like them to be um you know currently uh, outside of the playoff picture, not too far though, because again, we're in another season where a few wins can get you right back into things. A few losses for some teams up top, a few wins for a team down below, and all of a sudden you're back in the playoff chase. So things could change very quickly, especially considering the Raptors finally have their actual team together for the first time in a while. Uh, so, you know, hopefully if they stay healthy, but we'll get to that a bit later. But Van Vliet in particular, individually, you know, pick any stat you want. Um, they all support him, right? He's had, um, you know, a, a just fantastic individual season from pretty much every metric. I mean, if you just look at his last, I'm looking at his last, you know, four games here, the stretch, there was two two games that he was inactive um you know in between two games that the raptors lost and then the last three that he has played uh well the last four one was a loss but the last uh, three he'd played the raptors have won over the last four you know these are like he scored 31 against brooklyn 
and a loss, two-point loss. 27 against the Warriors and 19-point win. Uh, 31 again against the Clippers in an 8-point win, and 35 against New York last game in a 15-point win. So he's been fantastic, you know, passing the ball better than I think anybody might have thought he would be capable of this season. Um, You know, like if you look at the impact stats, they're all in his favor as well. I mean, the... People talk about, you know, talk about comparing Fred Van Vliet to Kyle Lowry, which he really has been, you know, um, a version, I don't want to say a shadow, but like something like a slightly different version of Kyle this season. Um, Really bearing a resemblance sometimes way more than I thought he would. I think a lot of people thought he would. But, you know, as an example, right, um, Raptors fans and media always used to talk about how Kyle would be carrying bench units or just units in general. He'd always have a very good net rating individually. Um, always have great impact stats. He did the little things, orchestrated a game, that kind of stuff. And Van Vliet's doing the same type of thing. I mean, the Raptors, without Van Vliet on the floor, <clears throat> not so good. Not so good this season for a bunch of reasons. And, of course, you know, we have to factor in all the things like players being out and COVID and when Fred's not played, you know, um those particular games in which he hasn't played and then uh the Raptors just having you know arguably the worst bench if you're looking at statistically not so arguably but the worst bench in NBA basketball right now but the Raptors are 20.5 points per 100 possessions better when Fred Van Vliet is on the floor right so they have a 5.9 net rating with him on the court you know pretty good not so bad, right? Especially for the amount of time he's on the floor. But when he's off the floor, they have a minus 14.6 net rating. So, uh, yeah. Raptors with Fred Van Vliet on the floor? Much better than Raptors without Fred Van Vliet on the floor, which is pretty obvious from the eye test as well. So Fred has put together a spectacular season every way you look at it. He's been great. And the stats all back him up. Whether you're looking at just the box score raw stats, or you're looking deeper at the uh, impact stats and those types of uh, metrics, the more advanced metrics, um, everything pretty much backs him up. You know, it's just the the wins haven't all been there, and that's largely because of well, partly, you know, the Raptors. These Raptors weren't necessarily expected to be like a top four seed kind of team. And then also on top of that, obviously there's the injuries and COVID and all of that combined. Uh, it's just really messed things up in general. So the Raptors have struggled to gain any momentum here. Hopefully they will soon and can actually keep everybody together. But yeah, they, they largely haven't been able to gain momentum so much. So when Fred's played, he's been great, but they have lost some games that they should have won. And They've probably uh, also, you know, won some games where other teams are affected by COVID and stuff as well. So, yeah, it's a it's a very difficult season for <laughs> for analysis. Um, but that being said, you know, Van Vliet's absolutely worthy of an All Star spot, whether he gets one or not this season. Um, I think the other part of why Van Vliet's case is so 
you know, enthralling, really, is he has shifted into a new role seamlessly, which is extremely difficult to do, and I'm not sure people are talking about that specific element of um, of his season as much, right? Everybody loves to talk about all well, the scoring. Scoring's been better, like how, like how he's been scoring there, and um, you know, which is great, and, and specifics about how he's been scoring, and uh, the passing, and the playmaking, and all that stuff, that stuff that's very tangible and easy to see, uh, because we have stats and stuff to back those up, uh, is, you know, great. Um, but it's the role that he stepped into and made it look so easy that I think is sort of the biggest thing for me. So obviously there's the leadership, right? Family's taken a leadership role on and off the floor. It's been obvious. If you watch any of the Raptors post-game pressers, Van Vliet is almost always one of the guys talking because he's taken on that role this season, right? He has taken on the role of vocal leader. Um, he is an on-court leader. You know, he has he's said himself that in the hierarchy of, of how the team goes, you know, if Pascal Siakam is healthy, he's probably still the best player on the team, Right. Uh, and, and Van Vliet at his, at his best has been extremely good, right? But Siakam is also extremely good. You know, people hate on Siakam too much, but he is extremely good. And Van Vliet knows that. Um, but he also is extremely good. And so, you know, he, he has taken on that role, though, more so than Siakam. Siakam is one of the leaders of the team, but Van Vliet is the de facto leader of the team. Kyle Lowry took him under his wing while he was here. They developed a bond, and when Lowry left, you know, he even made a comment. I think it was on Instagram, made a comment to Van Vliet just talking about how kind of the, the team was in his hands now and, um, you know, passing on the torch to sort of that next undersized, gritty, um, physical, I earn everything, <laughs> bet on yourself, point guard, right? That's what Van Vliet is, and so he's taken on that role this season, and it's clear off the off the court because of the things he does, like taking on those interviews and then on the floor. Um, you know, he's taken on a role that looked really daunting before the season based on his history um, with the team. So the, one of the major things was the Raptors, you know, there was... Banton was an unknown before the season because he's a rookie, obviously. And then Malachi Flynn, people were hoping for pretty big things there. But the guard rotation, everyone knew was going to take a hit because Lowry left. So um, there was going to be an increased amount of usage with Lowry gone, too. The team didn't change that much aside from Lowry leaving, who had a, a big chunk of that usage, obviously on a game-to-game basis, and so, you know, that usage is obviously going to be was spread around. OG has taken a jump there for sure, too. Um, you know, Siakam is still obviously taking a, a chunk there as one of the main guys, but Van Vliet has had to do it as well, and even more so with, you know, Banton's taken on a bigger role than people 
would have initially thought too, but he is still a rookie and there's times where, you know, especially recently, he maybe hasn't been in the rotation so much or he's only been playing garbage minutes and that kind of thing. Um, Flynn has been in and out all season and, you know, sometimes been able to play some big minutes, sometimes hasn't, sometimes has capitalized pretty well and sometimes hasn't been able to and he's just kind of in and out with Nurse. So we've seen Nurse opt for... Um, big guys handling the ball and back and sort of the backup point guard minutes when Van Vliet isn't on the floor as well. You know, Scotty Barnes and Siakam did a lot of that against New York, right? Particularly Barnes when uh, starters went to the bench. Um, You know, Nurse takes Barnes out a bit earlier than the rest of the starters usually, brings him back into the second unit and has him handle the ball some there, um, which is obviously works really well. Worked really well against the Knicks in general. Works uh, really well. So, but in terms of traditional point guard play, you know, Van Vliet has to take on a much bigger role. And not only is he taking on more usage, it was taking on, you know, creation in the half court specifically um, and really just like leading the team and initiating there. And that's something that Kyle Lowry was spectacular at, right? He was always very, very good at that. It's one of Kyle Lowry's calling cards. He could turn any big man into, you know, a viable big man. Um, it was one. It's one of his career accomplishments, really, for, for most people. is just like he was such a good pick-and-roll maestro. Incredible. He always hits you with the right pass, always hits you in the spot that you like. He knows where you're going to be before you get there. Van Vliet was never that, right? He even... He had a lot of trouble in seasons past, even as he slowly improved in the pick and roll, um, actually getting guys going downhill, getting himself going, you know, north to south rather than kind of on angles out towards the wing. Um, I ended up doing a lot more pick and pop than pick and roll. Um, a lot of dribbling, maybe too much probing at times, that kind of thing. And people weren't really sure if he would ever develop those skills and the Raptors and Van Vliet obviously thought that he would because, you know, they um, decided on a newer, bigger contract. And uh, obviously Van Vliet earned that contract. But part of the agreement there was also that he's not done, right? Like he's going to continue to grow. He's still young. He's in his prime. Uh, he can continue to get better. He's got a lot more to give. And he's going to be moving into a role where he can show that and there was going to be some pains, some growing pains. We saw a lot of those, I think, in Tampa specifically. And, um, you know, he's taken those on head on as he's done with everything. And uh, we don't talk about Van Vliet's historical growth trajectory like we do Siakam's, but maybe we should because where he's at now is pretty freaking impressive for a guy who was undrafted. I mean, he is playing at an all-star level. He's arguably playing at an all-NBA level this season. He has really, really become something special. And part of that is that creation in the half court and in general. He has really improved <clears throat> as a uh, playmaker and pick-and-roll handler and initiator and recognizing where guys need to be, recognizing when the pass is there, Um you know, when to find guys when probing. And one of his things always has been, he's always been a low turnover guard because he's very meticulous about when he passes the ball. 
right? He doesn't want to make a bad pass. He wants the pass to be perfect every time. That's difficult, obviously, um, to do all on a consistent basis. And he, um, you know, I think he is seeing the game at a higher level now. It's slowed down for him a bit, as people like to say. And um, he's able to make those passes, I think, a little quicker now. He knows where guys are going to be. He's getting used to his teammates. Some of them he's obviously played with longer. But in general, he's just become much, much better at controlling the offense. And there there have been now, what, at least two, maybe more games this season and we have to remember obviously that Van Vliet himself has said that he's been hurt, he's been hurt for a lot of the first half of the season he said he's just starting to kind of get back into his rhythm now um, and feel better and stuff like that so that's been a contributing factor to some of how he's played uh, through certain games this season you know gutting things out and just kind of being out there for three quarters of the game and then when it's go time in the fourth quarter if the game is close he tries to take over and win some games he was doing that when he had the groin injury specifically but um but uh there have been a couple games at least where he has completely controlled how the game has gone for 48 minutes which is something that you know for a while we wondered if Kyle was going to be able to do that same thing he would control portions of the game and never really full games for, for a few years there in Toronto, and then all of a sudden he sort of broke out and became, you know, greatest drafter of all time. And part of that was he was a maestro at his best. He completely controlled the offensive end of the floor. Uh, he set everything up. Everything was in motion the way he wanted it to go. He put the ball into the proper flow. It got going, and it resulted in the sort of look that he wanted and most of the time it would go in on defense flying around a pest you know anything and everything he could to win every single possession and there have been a couple of games where Van Vliet has done that this season right he's always been a monster defensively just a rock out there you know his I've always marveled at how well he digs on on help um, on drives to get to get deflections, which he's always been great at, or steals directly, or uh, just poking the ball loose. He is incredible at that. He's always been great at that. He has not, you know, faltered on that end of the ball this season at all. He's still a fantastic defensive player, right up there with the best defensive guards. And offensively is where, like I mentioned, with the pick and roll and all that stuff. He has controlled games from start to finish this season in a way that I've never seen him before. He was finally having those Kyle Lowry-like performances where he was also, you know, the, the entire game was his orchestra. He was the maestro at the helm, the little wand, little stick, whatever they call that thing, and just controlling how everything went and it was really spectacular to see and it's like that's the next evolution of Van Vliet you know that's going to be something to this going to be a difficult thing to do consistently but if he if he can do that then I mean 
you've arrived, right? You've arrived at consistent all-star level player so long as the wins come along and, you know, potentially some all-NBA nods as well because that is high, high-level stuff, stuff that we weren't sure necessarily Van Vliet would be able to accomplish because he's always been so good at a lot of other stuff, right? Everyone's always, He's always been a great at the shooting guard spot because he's one of the best spot-up shooters in the league. He's incredible off-ball. He is so malleable as a player now. Um, those skills haven't vanished. He's still really, really good at them, right? Like one of the uh, Raptors' go-to baseline out-of-bounds plays that they love to run is, uh, you know, Van Vliet is the inbounder firing the ball over top, somebody near the top of the arc. They get the ball. As the ball is in the air, Van Vliet takes off. He relocates um, through some off through, through some off-ball screens. Gets to the corner. Guy at the top of the arc who catches the ball immediately passes it back to him, and he has a catch-and-shoot corner three-point look. And he's pretty successful with that that type of shot. So, um, you know, he's still great at all that stuff. He's an excellent relocator. I, I really, truly think that maybe, you know, Steph Curry is the king of relocation. He is the greatest that's ever probably been at that as well as shooting, it's part of what makes him such a great shooter. Van Vliet is really, really good at that. He might be second to, to, to Curry in the league in that kind of thing, honestly. He is so good at continuing, continuing to move without the ball, finding a spot that's open, getting ready, getting set, so that when he catches the ball, he's ready to fire it. And uh, he's just always been really, really, really good at that, and he still is. None of the stuff he's been really good at has disappeared, and all of these improvements... Um, he's taken on, uh, you know, with that increased usage, and it's just it's just so impressive to see that he has just completely built upon his game, even from last season. And yeah, I mean, you can go on and on, right? I mean, you can talk about his finishing at the rim is even better. He's taking fewer shots there, which is partly why his finishing there is better. But it is better nonetheless, right? Probably probably better on both counts that he's taking less shots there. But also that he's got a higher percentage. Um, it just means that he's taking better shots, higher quality shots. He doesn't need to always be forcing shots to the rim. He can take them elsewhere, and one of the places he's taking them elsewhere is in the mid-range. And he has been on fuego. He has been a man on fire in that range, just nailing everything. Um, and that's also partly due to his improvement as a pull-up shooter because he's also been much, much improved as a pull-up shooter as well. All those things combined, you know, which also help in the pick and roll and all that. All those things combined, and suddenly he's just such a much more dangerous offensive threat than he's ever been. Um, yeah, it's funny because we talk about now the mid-range it's now become sort of infamous, right? The phrase of the mid-range isn't dead, but it is the realm of superstars. Uh, well, if that's true, then Van Vliet and uh, Siakam maybe should be considered superstars because uh, if they're not already, because uh, those two guys are pretty good in the mid-range. And uh, that's where you need to be good at if you're at that level because that's... Those are the types of shots you're going to have to take and make, and they are hard shots. They are not easy. Siakam gets a lot of them fading away, right? Super difficult shots. 
Um, but he's so long that he can do that. Van Vliet can't really do that so much. He has a that nasty step back, really quick step back. He hits um, sometimes side steps, um, stop on a dime kind of stuff. That he gets him open and just enough to launch those, and he's really really good at that. So, yeah, I mean, just relentless, relentless this season. What an incredible season. If he doesn't get voted for All-Star, you know, whoever gets in, like I mentioned, if it's a guy like Darius Garland, like, guy deserves it, right? Nothing against that guy, but, man. Uh, I, I, I know snubs are nothing new to Van Vliet, but this would be a bit of a tough one because he's just been so incredibly so deserving. And, yeah, so I'm just going to leave that at that I think for now and uh, <clears throat> quickly talk about oh by the way Siakam has also been wonderful now that he's finally looking healthy for the first time in a while he's finally looking uh, looking like himself like the Siakam peak Siakam you know especially rebounding right he's been there's been a focus on that recently he was saying that teammates were calling him Pascal Rodman but yeah he's rebounding the hell out of the ball you know, putting on playmaking clinics too. You notice so much how the space he creates for others when you watch a game like the game where they basically had nobody. Um, they had nobody out, and or they had nobody going, and uh, that was the Cavaliers game. They had nobody out there, and and, and Yuta was the number one option. And um, the next game back, you know, Siakam comes back, and you just notice how much. More space is created on the floor by him just being out there and being able to create on his own. Um, you know, one on one, he's impossible. He's in stop. He's unstoppable. He's you got to send help at this point. He or he's gonna he's gonna score. He's gonna get buckets. He is so so good. He knows when you know the help is coming. Perfectly times it. Makes the right passes. He's making them quickly. Um, looking more and more like himself on defense. Yeah, he's been great too especially the last few games, you know, near triple-doubles. Just just great. Very, very good. The Raptors are going to string together some wins here if they can get Van Vliet and Siakam playing at the same time like this and have most of the supporting cast out there, you know, uh, and the rest of the starters. Um, yeah, so that said, quickly go through the games sort of the past week here. Like I mentioned, there was the Cavaliers game. Raptors got smashed completely smoked nearly a franchise worst loss it was the second worst um 45 points i believe and uh yeah they were badly shorthanded obviously like i mentioned utah was the number one option in that game i've actually played really well had some career highs you know showing that experience from his uh play in the olympics with japan and uh he was really good and it was cool to see him get those opportunities. It was cool to see the hardship guys get some opportunities as well. Obviously, the game wasn't so much fun to watch, and uh, was a was a loss and and whatever. You can argue if the Raptors should have even played that game, but at least the hardship guys, the G League guys, getting called out to play got an opportunity and kind of got to show their stuff. And uh, you know that's good. That's always cool, right? Always be repping for guys to get their chance. Always be repping for guys to get the bag, to get money, to get paid. Um, this is their dream, and they're playing for it. 
So that's important to keep in mind, even if it can be tough when you're watching <laughs> a massive blowout uh, of a game. So always important to keep in mind. And then you had a couple guys back, including Siakam against the 76ers, showed some gritty fight there. The Sixers were basically pretty much full strength. And uh, the Raptors took it down to the end, and they you know, just didn't quite have enough, right? Like, Boucher can't handle Embiid down low um defensively consistently it's just it's just too much weight it's a massive guy it's it's difficult and beat was just scoring too easily there and um that kind of was the end of that game even though boucher did play extremely well in that game by the way but props to him there but uh especially on the boards but it is what it is and couldn't quite come up with the victory there and then uh you know the core most of the core returns versus the clippers they get a solid win you know, Clippers are missing some guys too, obviously. Paul George is, is out now, unfortunately, with the injury. And Kawhi Leonard has been out with injury all season, uh, which sucks. And uh, so, yeah, they rolled into town. Raptors took a pretty solid victory there. And uh, shout-out to Xavier Moon, by the way, who is um, three-time MVP with the CEBL and um, playing for the Clippers right now as a uh, on a 10-day deal. And um, just great to see him get a shot, too, because, you know, those in the know say that he is uh, an excellent human being as well as an excellent player. So exciting to see him get to, to have a shot in the big league. Raptors then play the Knicks. That was the last game and uh, smacked him. Got some, you know, uh, just uh, a good run in there with the fully healthy team. You know, Scotty Barnes was back last game as well. You have the full roster pretty much available to you, and Nick Nurse played it perfectly. Tight rotations, trying out some things at the backup point guard spot, keeping big guys on the floor at all times. Um, yeah, a lot of size, a lot of consistent size out there. Not like the Raptors are have an enormous, you know, natural center or whatever, but. They do have consistent size across the board. Nobody smaller than 6'6", yada, yada, yada. When Van Vliet is off the floor, that kind of thing. And uh, they looked great. Um, Knicks were shorthanded, obviously, too, with some some guys out, injuries and health and safety protocols and, and stuff, including Julius Randle. But um, Raptors still went in, played who they had to play, and got it done. And uh, that's all that matters there. So they are on a couple game-winning streak here. Currently, only 2.5 games out of sixth, as uh, as crazy as that may sound. So they are not at all out of the playoff uh, chase. And as Van Vliet has noted multiple times, you know they just need to stay together, stay healthy, be able to keep coming in, get some play um, together. Right, the Van Vliet and an Obi Siakam threesome has only been able to play four games together total this whole season. So. Obviously, you'd like those guys to be on the floor more together. And um, that's what they're aiming for. So, you know, they're only half a game out of eighth right now, too. So they got a real shot at making the playoffs if they can't make a run. So much time left in the season. And I think, I think, I mean, I think this team is a playoff team, right? Like in the East, um, they are probably a low level playoff team. And uh, could cause some 
could cause some fun uh, noise in the first round. And if they somehow make it out of that, maybe the second round too. So who knows? But that's uh, it's kind of where we're sitting at the moment. And then what's up next is the Spurs play. I'm recording this on Tuesday night. So before the game and Raptors play the Spurs tonight, Tuesday night. And then uh, they will play two tough games, Bucks on Wednesday night, second night of a back-to-back against Milwaukee, the reigning champs. Giannis Antetokounmpo um, so that is going to be a tough one and then on Friday they play the Utah Jazz who have been uh, having another good season um, before they get a bit of a break maybe and play the Pelicans on Sunday who who have not been so good this season and um, who knows what's going on with Zion really but uh yeah, so that may, may be a trap game, but maybe it'll just be what it'll just be, and the Raptors will be able to take that one. So that's kind of where we sit. I um, think I've rambled on long enough for this podcast. Um, you, If you want to listen to more episodes of this podcast, it is called The Raptors Room, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. You can also follow the Clutch Points Raptors account on Twitter at RaptorsNationCP. The links to everything and anything Raptors will be posted. Until then, you can follow me at Howvolution on Twitter. Um, you can find my online work at ClutchPoints.com. Thank you for listening.